Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Like no other station in the world! Is it? Why is it no, like no other station in the world, Emily? Wow. Because you're here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Oh, that's a possibility, but it is like no other station in the world. That's their slogan. Why? You work here. You <laughs> I need thought to that know. was your slogan. <laughs> no. That's it's, it's it's to be fair, it is a a sweeper that we play. It's oh. just one, it's one of the like. Well, 10. you learn something new every day, don't you? <laughs> it's one of the many. Many. It is. It is. It is. I guess it is. <laughs> so, Emily, uh, you said you want to talk. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't want on to. the spot today. You Ooh. started off. I started off. Goodbye. I did. I said we're like no other station in the world. We are. There's nobody else. Not nothing, not even Howard Stern. So fair, uh, fair enough. We do have a, uh, an exclusive today. First, Tracy is on assignment. <laughs> that's from WKR. Whoa. That's from WKRP in Cincinnati. That's how Ness Lesman used to do it. I think John will remember that show uh, with Lonnie Anderson. But uh, we have our um, a new co-host just for today. Although she might be coming back on more if if she. Uh, um, can survive. That's a big if. Almost like the Survivor Show. Uh, Mandy, are you there? I am here. That's if you welcome me back, right? Well, you know, we'll have to see. I have a, uh, you know, five five <laughs> pieces of uh, wood, uh, and you'll have to pick one, and whichever one's larger, that'll be the one. Now, what? Uh, <laughs> it's, you never picked sticks? No. Okay. Well, again, like, like straws. <laughs> this younger generation. Um, but we have. Our former engineer, who's on the show today, and he's going to help us out and explain because everybody says the name of the show is called Ask Brian, and you're Peter, and why? Why are you calling yourself Ask Brian, and why you're spelling Brian with an E? Everybody is asks us every week, why do you spell it? Now, some people who have listened to this show, they go, "Okay, I've heard this one before. I know what it's all about." But many people have not listened to the show before, and they're always asking, "Why do you spell Brian with an E?" Now Patrick is is Irish. Yes, so I am. There, there's a lot of been people have been calling up and telling us. Well, we think it's because Patrick's from Ireland, and there's a lot of O'Briens. And I'm always going to the O'Brien pub. <laughs> to be fair, my last name is not O'Brien at all. I understand that it starts with are, an S. But you are Irish. I am Irish. That okay. this is also so that's true. That's where the connection must be coming in. Maybe, maybe so, maybe so. But, I mean, Ask Brian was before I was even here, though. So by I don't the way, know. you're on KHTS Ask Brian, and you're wearing a Seattle Seahawks hat. Yeah. Well, why? Well, you're a New York Jets fan, aren't you? Uh, that's, uh, that's, really, uh? that's really hidden below the belt, although the way the Seahawks played <laughs> last year, that's not a lot. <laughs> Fair. They're, they're pretty pretty poor teams, both. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so is she clapping that the Seahawks are bad teams? No, I think she's booing you for, for, for making fun of me. <laughs> that's pretty easy. Um, yeah. Don't make it so easy next time. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, there's some reasons. Right, right, right. Well, the other ease. than when Jerry comes in and screams. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the E's also have happen to be like a theme of S. Brian. There's a number of actual uh, words that make up S. Brian. Well, <laughs> 
Oh my god. Emily's very bored. <laughs> I heard that and I saw that actually. It was funny. Um, number of E's. So one of them you were, was something that you were not being very much of to me. Uh, it is called empathy. And we already went over that. You know, you wear the size 14 shoe. I wear the size 8 shoe. So I was going to say 6, but close enough, yeah. 6? <laughs> I'm not that small. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, no. So empathy uh, is one of them. You were not being very what empathetic. What does that mean? I mean we already went through this. It's the shoe thing. It's uh, you can't fit in mine. I can't fit in yours. Type, you know. But not everybody plays basketball, so they don't know about that. That's eh, you know what. Fair point. Fair point. Right. Uh, outside of that, we also have uh, experience because we are very ex- people that are on the Aspirant show are very experienced, and they're also experts. That leads us into our other one. Pretty soon, well, we have an expert and a very experienced expert. As yeah. a matter of fact, today when we speak to John very shortly. Absolutely. Those aren't the biggies. Why we no, have. no, no. There's still more. I know. Well, there's education. What's, what's the big, well, that is the biggest D, right? That is, that is the biggest why D. Is, why is the biggest D education? Well, because we want to educate you know, our listeners and just people. And education is a very, very powerful thing. But what are we educating them on? Like 9 plus 6 equals 15? <laughs> well, it's business, life, business life. Just. Uh, I think Emily's going to say something. Get go Come for on. it. She stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I put her on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. We try to educate people, and we try to educate them in, in a business uh, setting so that they can learn something about business. Right. Some people, you know, don't know much about social media. Some people don't know about things that happened 30, 40 years ago that are still working today in business. So right. we try to go over that. Yeah. And then there's a couple others, and these are kind of synonymous with each other, but we have. Uh, excitement and that was very loud that was I loud was. It's, yeah. a, it's almost as loud as enthusiasm yeah. i was re- getting I was, ready to I, turn you down <laughs> we're gonna say enthusiasm but that because that was yours but what's tracy's number one <sighs> grease, grease lightning, lightning electrifying, electrifying. Woo-hoo. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that has nothing to do with anything but it's just no it's it's, it's, it's a, a fun e. it's just it's fun good, it's, good e. it's a like, good e like, i agree i like it i that's my favorite one is electrifying and that was from Grease White. Well, yeah, of course. Great movie. Well, what are the E's? Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, am I forgetting? Emily. Anyone? Emily. Engineer. Well, that is okay. I. That is I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 so, we did experts. Mm-hmm. We did experience. Oh, did you explain what you need to do to become an expert? Oh, no, but you, that, that's your prompt, not mine. So, what you do no, is... You're the guy with the math. <laughs> Um, it would be yeah, – I'm not the guy with the math, but I do what I can. Uh, you need uh, 10,000 hours uh, to become an expert in your field. And how do you determine 10,000 hours? You're giving me math again. I don't know. And you've told me this how many times. And I, All right. So if you work 40, help me. 40 hours a week, right? that's what people consider to be a standard, hours. Or standard that's work That's a standard week. work week, yeah. Uh, millennials consider it to be 15, but, you know uh, – <laughs> And, and 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 us old people consider it to be ninety hours a week, but I guess that's the happy medium would be forty. You work forty hours a week. You work fifty weeks a year because you get two weeks off for vacation. Right. right? So that's how many? Uh, Not two thousand. Two thousand. Oh. And you work five years. That's uh, ten thousand. Uh, oh, then you're ten. an expert. Whoa. <laughs> you know, to be fair, ladies and gentlemen, he just broke that down probably in like like the most basic way that I could understand that. I actually understood that now. And we know if Patrick can understand it, then our entire audience oh, can understand Oh, come on. Always use the lowest I'm common educated. denominator. I'm educated, just math is not my subject. 
Well, that's okay. For your birthday, I'm going to get you a calculator. <laughs> I already have one. It's called my phone. <laughs> oh, my. But you apparently don't use it well. <laughs> I don't have my phone out right now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess without any further ado, and why do I like that word? Because A- A-D-I-E-U is how you spell a do, and every single letter minus the D is a vowel. And we're also known as the Sesame Street for business. <laughs> <laughs> and, we have, and we have Big Bird. Give a round of applause to Patrick. <laughs> I'm Big Bird? No. I was thinking I'd be more like Snuffle Up, I guess. Stop that. <laughs> I'm clapping for Big Bird. You're definitely, you're definitely the count. <laughs> one, you're two. The, you're the trash uh, uh, can. Oscar. The one who eats from the trash. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> wow. Well, without any further ado. I appreciate your time here. Of course. We, you know, some listeners do want to find out about our guests. Each week it's a different guest. Today we have John Chaffin. Are you there? I am here. And you survived. Wow. Uh, I'm here. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, I can. Thank you very much, Patrick. We of course, of course. It. We appreciate it. We'll be, we'll be calling you in every 10 seconds just to <laughs> keep you on your toes. Absolutely. It is a... He was our former engineer, and uh, he doesn't come in on the show, so we had a great opportunity to have him. We have him on our show today. So, John, uh, some of the listeners want to know, um, what have you learned? What is the most important thing you've learned about business uh, since you began your career? Well, when I first started in this business, an expert was defined as anybody more than 50 miles away from home. Um, <laughs> Not this 10,000-hour stuff, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think that in today's world or what I've learned in my 60-plus years in doing what I do, and I'm, and I'm still at it, is that um, there's so much opportunity for those people that want to succeed in life. Um, I think that there. Uh, in today's world, uh, there's so much opportunity because you always have a job that nobody else wants to do. And if you become the best at whatever job level and then go to the next level and become the best and go right up the ladder and eventually when your hair turns silver, you become the expert. And... Um, I think that uh, the attitude of wanting to succeed is really uh, the key to success. In today's world, people think about, well, you know, how many benefits do I have? How many weeks of vacation do I have? And, oh, if I spend more than eight hours a day, that's too much and so forth. So all you have to do is more than the next person to succeed in your endeavors. I I look at... Um, Today's world, as uh, in the business world, the Olympics every day, because um, there's somebody that does something similar to you around the world that wants to be better than you. And if you want to be the best at what you do, you've got to be like the athlete of the Olympic caliber today. It's a full-time job, day and night, seven days a week. And um, sure, you can take some time off and so forth, but it's really a focus and dedication to the effort every day. And um, I think that um, 
uh, my competitors, one of the best uh, compliments I ever had was um, that Chafin, uh, you're everywhere before I get there. <laughs> and people don't want to jump in their car and go see the customer. During COVID, for example, um, people were sort of locked down, but I had my biggest year ever in all my career during COVID because I insisted in having eyes with the customer sitting across the desk, walking in the plant, understanding the solutions and um, trying to come up with um, the, uh, are you still there? I'm totally here. Okay. I was getting a ring on my phone. Um, so that's, you know, I've learned that uh, practice sort of makes perfect. And the more you practice and the more you learn every day that uh, you apply yourself, uh, you ultimately become the one to beat. And uh, I think if um, people use that attitude and say, no, I can't do it. But if they keep trying and they um, will, in fact, succeed, uh, it's a pretty simple formula. And um, I think uh, in my business now, I have friends and um, my clientele are a lot of friends because they know that they can phone me and I can address uh, problems from A to Z in their plant. And uh, in today's world, a lot of uh, young people in sales, for example, they haven't even read the brochure yet. And uh, they look pretty stupid when they come into a plant and trying to uh, address the customer's problem. So um, I... I was in a plant uh, recently up in Northern Cal, and um, a fellow phoned me. I had furnished a lot of equipment on his line, and he said, John, I need your help. I came in, and he said, some other guys came in here, but when they came in, they came in as a team of four people. And I said, and I bet their price on their equipment was to match so that they could support all those four people making a single sales call. And he laughed, and uh, it was so true. But um, And the other thing that I think is what I've learned in business, the biggest problem in business um, is integrity of people. And I think if you have honesty on your side, you never have to look over your shoulder. Uh, people understand that you're an honest person and you do what you say you're going to do in a very responsive way. And I mean in today's world, People can pick up their phone and, and dial anybody, but so many people, they'll get a call and they won't respond for a, a day or two or weeks even. But, um, you know, if I get a call and it's not done within the next uh, few minutes, uh, I'm behind. And I think that is something that people have got to learn if they want to succeed in life as well. So during COVID, um, did you have any people that were saying, hey, I, don't want, I won't meet with you when you tried to set up these meetings in person? There, there were a couple, but invariably, um, I was <laughs> able to get into the plant and go through the protocols of uh, getting your temperature. And, um, you know, when they took my temperature, I always asked them if I was still hot stuff, and they said yes. Well, that's what you know as hot stuff. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it was uh, 
I had one. I had lunch with a fellow that was a competitor, and he said, "Oh, during COVID, he hasn't been doing anything, but he's been working on the deck at the house and all of this other stuff." And I just thought to myself, "You just keep working on your deck, and I'll be out here visiting your customers." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great thing. Uh, Mandy had a question. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I do. I guess I do. <laughs> No, you know what? Actually, I I was because you've been doing this so long. I wanted to know, like, what was the very first um, design or engineering design that you ever did? Um, geez, there's been so many uh, things that I've been in. You know, I mean, most just of because my... things have changed so much. You know, I was yeah. just interested in in uh, for how long you've been doing this from. You know, a long time ago. A lot of the technology that's been there has just been enhanced. Um, Right. I I remember uh, back in 1967 when um, this fellow came into our plant and he wanted to electronically color sort pistachios. And he said, we're going to start planting orchards here in California, and we're going to take over the world's production. Now I think we probably account for about 85% of the world's uh, pistachio production uh, in the world. And uh, I, in the process of hulling the pistachio, um, they would put them in water and the hull would discolor the white shell of the nut. And that was not very desirable. Most of the product at that time that was being imported was dyed red. So it would cover up all of the blemishes. And so it was thought, it was thought that if we could get a nice shiny white pistachio, that that would be wonderful. And so we did have a machine that uh, we converted from peeling carrots and potatoes and stuff like that to polishing these pistachios. And uh, I know one plant uh, here in California has about 125 of those machines and just in that one plant. And uh, that's why you have nice white uh, pistachios so you can crack them. Uh, You learn something new every day. Yes. And we're going to be right back. You're listening to KHS 1220, 98.1 FM, The S. Brian Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The S. Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. We have a great guest today, John, John my, co-host, my co-host, Mandy. Mandy. Um, so before we went to break, uh, we were talking, uh, and I have a follow-up question, John. Of all the products that you've seen, that you thought were going to be successful, is there anyone that you thought was going to be successful that didn't become successful? Yes, and it was a product that was uh, trying to be developed uh, by a company by the name of Memron. They were located in Silicon Valley. Uh, All these fellows had been involved in uh, the company called Verbatim, and they were going to densify the magnetic materials on floppy disk uh, so that the uh, particles or the magnetic material on the floppy disk would stand vertical. And if they could do that, they could densify or improve the capacity of a floppy by 10 times. And um, 
I was selling packaging machinery that would take the floppy automatically and put it into a envelope that you would get when you when you bought it. Um, but they were never able to successfully um, achieve that, and uh, they uh, they were running short on funds, and they. I said, well, well, how much money do you need? And they said, well, we're still looking for a million dollars. And I phoned a few of my friends, and we put in a million dollars, and we lost it all. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the unsuccessful stories. (laughs) But you have a lot of of very successful stories, and Mandy was going to ask you something about the Macintosh. So, Mandy, you want to go? Yeah. Yeah, I have a question. So I'm interested. I'm I'm interested in learning more about you know your packaging successes um, that you've had. Can you share some of those with us? Sure. I think uh, you know I, I do packaging, machinery, and processing. So I'm able to walk into a plant and understand and address uh, from the front end to the back end. Um, I remember when uh, Andy Berliner started Amy's Kitchens which is now over a billion-dollar company. You see their product, it's organic uh, entrees and soups um, and in the frozen food cabinet as well as your uh, canned goods cabinet for the soups. Um, the, uh, I remember when he was buying uh, beans um, and cans, opening up the cans and, and putting them in and cooking them and all. It was really tedious. And I said, Andy, I said, you need a continuous cooker for your beans. And uh, he said, oh, well, what's that? You know, and I he, I told him and showed him the equipment, and uh, he said, I can't afford that. I said, well, if you would like to get this machine, I said, I'll buy it for you, and you can pay me over the next five years. And so he did that, and now um, uh, Amy's Kitchen was named after his daughter, Amy, and a huge success story there. Um, I, I've done everything from Marie Collender pies to, uh, Apple Macintosh computer lines. And, uh, the, uh, Macintosh computer thing was uh, fun because, uh, I had 11 competitors. Uh, my machine actually took the computer and loaded it into a case from the bottom up and nobody else was doing that. And, um, uh, they had this case that looked like a Holstein cow. It had black and white uh, covering on it. You know, I think just the case itself, even back then, cost about uh, $4 a piece. But it was part of the Apple um, image that they wanted to present. And, uh, you know, the Macintosh uh, ultimately got replaced by all the stuff that we've seen over the last uh, couple of decades. But, um, yeah, there's... Uh, if you can think about it, you can achieve it. You know, it's just uh, like Elon Musk said uh, in one of his speeches that uh, the engineering uh, is really the magic of today and tomorrow. You know, when you mentioned the word, uh, the, the cow spots, whatever, I was thinking of Gateway Computer. Gateway Computer was started in the Midwest by someone that actually, I think he even started the company uh, near a farm. So when you're talking about the the packaging for the Macintosh originally with the with the cow spots, I was thinking uh, Gateway. I didn't think you were going into the Apple part. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now, now you, you, as I recall, you mentioned to me earlier that there were 11 
companies that were competing. Now you had this product that went from the bottom, uh, you know, took took it from the bottom up to put it into the package. What what were the other companies doing? They they took it on the sides. They took it on the sides and um, or top loaded it, uh, you know, and it made a very long uh, machine, and uh, it took up a lot of room. And uh, you know, room in any plant has a lot of value. And um, then uh, it was uh, uh, we we handled it more gently and more positively, and it was just uh, the right choice. Uh, not because I won, but it was because it was the right engineering approach for the application. But what made you think about that? Because everybody else was, you've got 10 other people that are competing against you. They're all thinking on the sides or from the top. What made you, what, what bell ma- rang in your head that said? You well, know I, I knew this fellow that had a uh, uh, a shop up in uh, Sonoma, and he made this machine. And uh, he was the first one that had the patents on a bottom-up load uh, case packing machine. And he patented it because uh, it could be used for margarine and butter uh, uh, containers that had a snap cap on it. And if you load a snap cap from the top, many times the cap would get caught on something and it would pop off. So that was not satisfactory. So if you loaded it from the bottom up, it wouldn't catch on anything because it was going up through and would stay on the container. And I thought, that's the machine for the Macintosh. (laughs) So from from butter to computers. Um, yes, <laughs> that is really interesting, yeah. Mandy. No, I'm just agreeing with you. Well, I thought you had another question, but if not, I can ask one. But go ahead. <laughs> How did I know? How did John know your What's the most successful project you've done throughout all these years? Oh, um, besides the Yes Brian show. I think, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, did a, I did a lot of processing equipment for um, the uh, folks that made Butterfinger and Baby Ruth candy bars. Um, I did a lot of work uh, for Tootsie Roll Industries. Um, if it's packaged or processed, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, you got fruit leather from General Mills, right? I supplied all of the processing equipment for uh, the fruit leather. Um, the uh, oh, poppycock uh, popcorn still out there, you know. Um, if you're uh, if you buy powdered sugar, it's probably done on machines that I take granulated sugar and grind it into powdered sugar at five thousand pounds an hour per machine. Um, if you have a a pouch of uh, sugar or sweetener at your restaurant uh, table, those pouches are now produced at 4000 a minute. So it's come a long ways. So are you a do-it-yourself guy? It sounds to me like um, you're, you're out there selling the machines. Are, are you doing this with other another group of people, or you do this on your yeah, own? I, I'm, a, I'm a company of one, but I have a few thousand people behind me. I used to have sales offices and St. Louis and Denver and L.A. and up in the Northwest and a bunch of people out of Monterey area where my offices are. But I just decided I'm tired fooling with all of this other stuff and uh, just uh, 
enjoy doing what I'm doing now, and I'm selling more than I ever have. <laughs> so that's what's fun about it. Let's go back to the early part where we're talking about, uh, you know, that you're meeting people directly even during COVID. So what's your thought pattern on remote living? I mean, a lot of people like the remote living because they say, hey, listen, I can live, you know, I can live in Hawaii and work in South Dakota and, you know, that'd be nice for me. So uh, I kind of like that concept. But, you know, I'm kind of old school and I grew up where when I worked for a company, you know, it's good to have everybody in that meeting room, not on a Zoom, but actually in the meeting room. Oh, absolutely. I want all my competitors to be on Zoom and in their basement talking to customers that will never buy from them. <laughs> because <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> I think, uh, and, you know, I had one customer, I, I put in a, uh, a nut butter line. You know, they do almonds and walnut uh, nut butters. And uh, my proposal was uh, 143 pages. Um, I, I had, um, uh, you know, uh, Lyle made the, uh, uh, Mandy, you know, Lyle, uh, he made mm-hmm. the proposal up for me when he was in, living in Minnesota, and he just, uh, I, I would give him all the material, uh, he would do the layout and so forth, he'd send the documents to FedEx, I'd pick it up all bound, and uh, take it into the customer, and uh, they say, you know, here, I can do A to Z on this whole line. And I had one customer who said, John, we don't know what we're going to do when people like you aren't around any longer because, you know, you have the answers to everything that we're trying to address here. And, uh, you know, as long as people want to stay in their home or basement or in Hawaii or whatever, you know, they're not going to get their share. I, I, I use the term, I'm still out here getting my unfair share. <laughs> and, and, and you're you're on a business trip right now, correct? You uh, yes, I am. You um, I don't need to tell the cities you went to, but you traveled over five five over five hundred miles in the last day just to go off to uh, try to get an order. And you've been doing this for over sixty one years, and you didn't start when you were yeah. born. <laughs> no, I um, I'll tell you one story. In my early career, I had all of Northern California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and British Columbia. And I had a project over in um, uh, Western Oregon, and uh, I rolled in there on a Friday afternoon, and I had a big meeting uh, with uh, six uh, of their engineers and plant management and so forth, and I could not convince them to buy my machine. And they asked me to come back on Monday. So I stayed in Walla Walla over the weekend, came back, and I did the same thing that I did on Friday, and I still couldn't convince them. I spent two and a half hours on the blackboard back then. I drove back home to the uh, Central Coast, and on the following Friday, I phoned this guy, Harold Rice, who's the plant manager, and I said, Harold, what's going on? He said, oh, John, if I told you, it would ruin your weekend. And phone me Monday. Well, back then, we had uh, teletypes, and I, I had a secretary, and I asked my secretary, Bonnie, I said, I want you to tell X Harold Rice the following. Dear Harold, I'm going to have a fantastic weekend anyway, signed John Chafin. And so about 10 minutes later, my secretary came in. She said, Johnny, come in, look at the telex. There it was. Dear John, happy weekend, purchase order number such and such. And so I phoned him and I said, Harold, what's going on? He said, well, we as a committee decided that you guys were so close that we decided 
that whoever gave up first lost, and you never gave up. Well, that that is the old adage, you know. Uh, if you don't give up, you can't fail. Um, yeah, that's right. And that, that that's an old timer one too. So, a uh, couple of questions: Who's the most famous person you ever met? Uh, most famous person ever met, or infamous? I met the. Uh, a Japanese fellow who led the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, Mitsuo Fujita, when I was 12. Wow. I, I had uh, lunch with Norman Mineta, who used to be Secretary of Transportation. Um, I had lunch with him in the Capitol Building in Washington. My oldest brother went to San Jose High School with Norman. And um, then, uh, who else? Um, Bill Marriott. I met him at the Pebble Beach Car Show a few years ago. Um, the, the Marriott Hotel? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, small little group there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. going to be taking a break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Uh-huh. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 in 98.1 FM. So, John, we don't have that much time left, but I did have one more question. So if you graduated high school, okay, you're not sure if you want to go mm-hmm. to college or not, you want to go out in the workforce maybe, uh, and this is the current time period, what would you tell a graduate? What would you tell them to do? And what business and industry do you think is the place to be? There's three ways to the – if you want to succeed in life, there's, uh, in the business world, you can either do engineering, uh, finance, or sales. Um, and, but with all of that, I think that a technical background uh, helps in all of those areas where you're involved in knowing how things are made. So mechanical engineering, electric engineering, um, all of that I think is really important because, um, if you understand how things are made and you can think about how things can be better made and that's what, uh, the evolution of uh, industry is all about. So uh, I would just say uh, major in something that you can make a good living and contribute to society. I create a lot of jobs because of the machinery uh, that we sell. And um, I think, you know, that's what I would recommend. Well, it's very opportune because, you know, this is time period when people graduate in high school, some people graduate in college, and they have to decide mm-hmm. what they want to do with their life besides living in the living at home with mom and dad, uh, which a lot yeah. of people still like to do in their 30s nowadays. Um, so that's a true fact. Emily's going like, huh, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's true. A lot of these people like to live at home. It's nice and safe and easy. Um, so uh, Mandy had some questions about how to reach you. So go ahead, Mandy. Well, I had one question before that, you know, just adding on to what you had just mentioned, John. You're the, uh, I want to know more about the latest technology. Um, as you know, I work with a food company, and mm-hmm. we're always interested in ways to take advantage of the labor shortage. You know, what are your thoughts? Well, if things can be done manually, they can do, uh, they can do robotically. And I am just so busy automating the west coast with robots you can't believe it um and i can do it fast or faster than the human can and uh so um 
if people don't want to come to work, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, we're going to automate those jobs, and the people that know how to uh, work on uh, robots and engineer and make them and assemble them and be involved, that's going to be an opportunity for them. I've always used an expression, somebody's plight is somebody's delight. So if you elect to sit home and collect the government checks while other people are out there trying to succeed, it will be to their delight that you still sit home. Right. Great, great, great analogy. So how, how, how does one reach you? How does one contact you? Well, um, my website is WSM, like William Sam Mary, hyphen, and I have to say that's a dash in the middle because a lot of people don't know what a hyphen is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hyphen, C-O-R-P dot com. And, you know, all of our, a lot of our stuff is on there. If you click into services and capabilities, you'll see everything that we do in alphabetical order by subject. And that covers about 80% of what we can address. And if you don't see it there, you phone me and we'll come up with a solution. What's the connection, WSM? I thought your name is John Chaffin. So well, it's Western States Machinery Corporation. Okay. That, that's the ah. name of my company. And um, so, you know, we do everything that uh, you can see on your grocery shelf uh, and then some before it got there. What was the highest uh, re- revenue year that you had in your, in your career? I think uh, done about... 26 27 million and that was with a company with a with a whole bunch of people working for you or you know it wasn't solo right no, that's one I, mean, I, I had a, a staff of people you know we had um and that goes back well you know when i started in business for myself when i was 32 back in 1971 um started in the rep business and by um 1980 had purchased uh, three of the companies that we had represented. And so we went from zero to 25 million in sales in nine years. And so in today's world, that was like a hundred million dollar company equivalent. Well, especially with inflation and it's probably even double that now uh, with $5 gas, uh, the norm. Um, Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. We're going to have you back on again. You've experienced. You've given us a lot of wisdom, and we like to have that. We're probably yeah. going to add a W to the E's because yeah. we need to have yeah. wisdom on here. Um, very, very glad to have but, you on the show. Uh, but Andy, just remember okay. that the older you get, your wisdom surpasses your knowledge. And if you could remember, if you had all your knowledge when you know forty years ago, just think who you'd be today. Um, That's right. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. been listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, John. We'll be on next week. KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Over and out.